Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the unexpected innovator. We are all incredibly creative, but maybe we've forgotten how. I've spent my career working with people from more than 150 countries, traveling the world, and experiencing cultures. And what I found? Creativity is everywhere. We've got a gargantum challenge facing us, as we need to redesign a more sustainable planet. This podcast explores modern-day innovation in the age of sustainability. I'll interview some of the most prolific thinkers, creators, and educators on their journey to create sustainable incomes and businesses. My guests and I will teach you how to be creative, create business models, and explore curiosity with the courage to level up in your career. Join me every Wednesday for a new edition of Where Ideas Launch, the podcast. Welcome to our episode. Mathilda Jacobson is CEO and co-founder of Freshland, an award-winning green tech startup with an innovative and disruptive model to the food industry. The company shortens the journey from farm to table by connecting farmers, logistics partners, and consumers in one integrated digital platform, reducing the middlemen, increasing farmer income, and reducing carbon by 88%. Freshland has been identified by Forbes as truly pioneering and one of the most promising green startups in the EU, and has been awarded the Climate Solver Prize by WWF. Welcome, Matilda. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here today. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. So I'm inspired by your work, and I'm sure my listeners would like to know what prompted this idea and how did you bring it to life? So it's very interesting because when we started out, the, the intent was not to do actually a platform. It was more a, a small hobby uh, project where we were trying to help Philippe's dad, who is an orange farmer. And uh, the thing was that he was struggling to sell his oranges every single year to the middlemen because the middlemen always wanted to pay a lower and a lower price. And they were criticizing his oranges saying, oh, they are tasteless, they are... Uh, imperfect and so on, instead of actually, um, uh, yeah, appreciating them for what they are. Uh, so we started exploring opportunities for him to cut the middlemen and go straight to the supermarkets. And that's actually how the idea started. Now, what we saw was that a lot of other pr producers like avocado producers, tomato producers, they had similar challenges with their business. Um, and we saw the new generation of farmers, which Felipe he represented, not willing to go into farming because there were no future in farming in their perspective. So we were kind of thinking, okay, how do we make sure that our food system can survive? We need to invest in the farmers. We need to give them better opportunities. And that's kind of how the idea to Fresland came along. And then the other side of the coin is that Freshland actually brings the product so fresh from the farmer to the consumer that you don't need all the chemical treatment you normally would have. And this has huge benefits in terms of uh, like, yeah, uh, what can you say, the health of, of the fruits and the taste of the fruits because they're actually fresh. So when Thanks. they come just four days from harvest, it's really a whole different product than the product you normally find in the supermarket. Yeah, no, it's, it's really fascinating because if you think about the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, you're able to hit several of them with this one idea. In what ways is Freshland sustainable in your view? Can you express exactly how you do it? So what we do in Freshland is really kind of re-engineering the food system. So where a normal orange, for instance, would have to go through three to five middlemen and be months on its way to the shop, in Freshland, we get it straight from the tree to the final consumer. 
no warehouse, no cold storage, no ripening chambers. And this is actually quite interesting because 72% of all carbon emission in the food industry is happening post-harvest. So if we can reduce that journey and reduce the time the fruits and vegetables have to lay in cold storage and in ripening chambers, we can actually cut almost that entire emission. It's not the transportation that is the biggest issue, it's actually the storage. So by eating fresh products, we can really have a significant impact on the carbon emission in the food industry. And that's what we are doing with Freshland. We are selling the fruits in the season that is right now on the trees or growing on the fields and bringing that straight from the farmer to the consumer. And that has huge environmental benefits. And it also significantly reduces food waste because it just comes fresher and, and we are less picky about quality because for us, even an ugly tomato is a good tomato. It's about the substance. Um, so yeah, in Fresno, we, we really want to rethink the food supply chain and bring both a more sustainable food supply chain, but also more equitable, bringing more value back to the farmer. So tell me a little bit about how the politics has been in, in terms of shaping this idea. Have you met a lot of opposition? Oh, yes. Uh, so when we started out, actually, one of the first experiences we had was that um, the middleman that our farmer, he stopped working with, they basically took advantage of them having access to the farm. So they went there in the weekend when no one was there and they picked all the unripe lemons. And this basically meant that our farmer, he couldn't sell lemons for the next half year because all the new fruits that were supposed to grow and, and be ready to sell in half year time, they were basically harvested too early. Oh my goodness, wow. And we saw similar actions taken on the middleman side closer to the final consumer. So when we received the products in Denmark, we didn't understand how come our products are all the time disappearing? How come that the pallets we are shipping, they are going to uh, the green market in, in Denmark, uh, but then our logistic partner tells us that somehow they disappeared and then they appear again a week later. And what we then found out was that our logistic partner, he subcontracted to one of the big middlemen in Denmark, and they didn't want us to bring the products fresh because it was competing with their business. So they purposely delayed the shipment so it only would arrive one week later and thereby not be as fresh as, as we were promising. My goodness, how have you overcome these challenges? So I think it's about being persevering. Uh, so when you have all these challenges against you and you, you somehow find strength in that because you think it cannot really be true. It cannot be true that a farmer cannot sell his, his fruits and actually make a living from it. It cannot be true uh, that we cannot get the products fresh out to the consumer because someone is interfering in the process. So we just, con we just continued and continued and tried on the way to do small fine-tunement and adjustments um, and, and somehow it has worked. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, what we saw in our business is that when we were selling B2B, of course it, it made a huge difference both for the farmer and for the consumer in terms of, of uh, like a fair payment and uh, the taste and, and so on. But we still didn't solve the last bit of that puzzle, which was to make sure that from the supermarket, it would also get fresh out to the consumer. So last year in August, we actually changed our business a bit. So from instead of focusing mostly B2B, we also launched a B2C business. And that has been very uh, successful and very good timing in terms of COVID. Because then when COVID actually hit, we have been able to 
elevate and help a lot of Danish farmers that used to sell B2B but lost their, their sales due to COVID. And now they are making a success selling B2C. Wow. So how long have you been around? So we started out in 2015. Uh, back then it was a B2B business mostly. Um, and then we have been steadily growing uh, year after year. Um, and then we launched our B2C as a focus area in August last year. Um, and that is the majority of our business today. Wow. And I, I can imagine that this is also encouraging um, younger people to get into agriculture now. What have you seen in the markets that you're in? So, so what we have seen is that especially the small and medium sized farmers, which are often young agriculturists, they are lacking a sales channel. Um, they are subject to these middlemen that only value price. And the way they have somehow found an alternative has been selling to restaurant business. But during COVID, the restaurant business has closed down and they have really been left on their own. So in that sense, it has been really, really uh, a great success for them having Freshland as a platform where they could suddenly sell business to consumer. And that has allowed them to sell between 80 to 100% of their production. We had a, a farmer uh, doing mushrooms and he called us, he had 200 kilos of mushrooms that was going to waste. And he said, can you, can you help me? And at that time we had kind of closed our sales cycle uh, for the week, but we then sent out a message to everyone that had ordered and said, would you like to order also some mushrooms? And within two hours, we sold the 200 kilos of mushrooms to the existing orders that were already in the system. Um, and this just made him so happy but it was important for us at the same time that we were not just doing a fire sale, but actually building a sustainable business for him. So he would also want to continue after COVID. And now this farmer, he has actually, we are selling 100% of his production and we have advanced paid him so he could invest in a new vertical farm where he can double his production. So when the restaurant business is actually opening up again, he will be able to supply both his B2C customers and his restaurant customers. So this, this is like a true success story that instead of actually having to rely on these health packages, this uh, farmer, he actually managed to double his production during COVID. This is really impressive. And I think, I think a lot of my listeners will be super fascinated by the story. Can you tell us a bit about how you built the, the resourcing that you needed to do this? Did you go initially through bootstrapping? Did you go straight to VCs? How did you manage that resource build? So it's really um, about being resourceful with your time. <laughs> so in the beginning, you do everything yourself and uh, you learn to do things you never thought were possible. Like um, my worst subject in school was accounting, for instance. Uh, and I just learned how to do accounting because there were no way around it. Uh, we couldn't afford hiring an accountant to begin with. So in, in this sense, uh, you, you realize that your capacity is way beyond your your thoughts. Uh, so actually, this is a huge um, boost of self-esteem, I would say, because you realize you're, you're so capable as an individual. And then, of course, in the beginning, you have to somehow uh, get the people you can on board. You are not so attractive because you are a small startup and people don't really believe in you. But I think now we have moved to this scale-up phase where we are, where Fresno is really the hot startup in the in the environment here in Copenhagen. And we are seeing a lot of interest from investors. We are seeing a lot of interest from applicants with the job post we have open right now. We received more than 2000 applicants for the open positions. 
So it's really kind of a different ball game now where we have proven we can be a success. A lot of people are coming to us and want to take part in this success. Yes. And it's really encouraging. And my final, my final question to you is what advice would you give to young sustainable entrepreneurs? So I, I currently lead a group of 650 female sustainable business owners. Um, what advice would you give them? Um, so one advice, that's difficult, <laughs> uh, but I will try to comprise it. Um, first of all, I think it's really important that you believe in yourself, you believe in your intuition and you believe in your ideas because belief can move mountains. So uh, what I mean about this is that when Fresen started out, no one believed we could do a kind of a food tech platform without owning big assets and trucks and warehouses and, and bring fruits just in time. No one believed in that. But what we have done is basically proving them, proving them wrong because if there is any theoretical possibility, it is possible. You just have to insist and insist and insist and I believe that the perseverance is the strongest predictor of success. It is not your skills, your abilities, uh, your network and so on. It is your perseverance because if you don't let anyone bring you down, you will eventually succeed. So that would be my recommendation. Continue and don't let anything come in your way. Thank you so much, Mathilda. This was a lovely session. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you today by the Depot Virtual Service Hub. The Virtual Service Hub is our digital transformation strategy service that supports startups needing to optimize their processes and their performance to scale up for growth. We also help medium-sized firms in modernizing their operations and our services include sustainable strategy, analytics, and tech enablement. To find out more, contact Catherine Ann Byam on LinkedIn.